The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire Master. My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers! All right, so what are we drinking today? We're trying a Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey called Dalwini. This is the uh, distiller's edition. It was distilled in 2004 and bottled in 2019. Oh, so and then obviously we bought it then. Right. Got some age. So it's, what is that, 16 years? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Yeah. Double matured uh, distiller's blend. Very good. It's a nice, pretty golden color. Yeah, it's like, really like, like a... wheat. Yeah. Almost orangey tone to it. It's got a nice light nose. Yeah, it's not really strong nose. Really good legs. Yeah, it's got great legs. Let me try it neat. It's got very caramely notes. Yeah. You can taste the smoke like the charred Smoky. cask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they did that, but it tastes like they had a charred cask. Yeah. This so was, it imparted that. It's a short whiskey that finishes long, mm-hmm. and then it leaves like a sort of revolving bouquet in your mouth. Yeah. It's really got like a lovely sort of sweetness to it for a whiskey, because it's not very sweet. Yeah. But it's lovely. Wow, it does really have those toffee notes. It's a pretty easy drinker. It's, not, it's a really easy drinker. Not too smooth. difficult. Very smooth. I mean, you know, when something's been aged that long, mm-hmm. try a little splash try of some water. water. Yeah. Completely softens the nose. Does it? Yeah. Oh yeah, to nothing. Yeah, to nothing. Just leaves a, a little aroma of heather. Yeah, it is floral. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? Yeah. It's floral. That's for sure. It just makes it like wow. easiest drinking whiskey. Wow, that's, really that really settled the smoke yeah. into more of an even smoke? Even, yeah. It's got a nice long finish. It lingers in the mouth. It leaves you feeling like you've... It's really easy to drink. It, it is. It leaves you feeling like you've got a, a, a mouthful of flavor, of the, the bitter notes from the burned sugars, mm-hmm. and, the, and the, the, the cask, I mean, and the caramely notes, and some floral notes. It's just got a nice balance. It's a nice whiskey. I like it. It's a nice one. Well, my love. Yes. I think I, I think we have to stop having sex. <laughs> you said this a while back. <laughs> I think that we've hit our high point is what you said. Yeah, we kind of topped out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we keep topping out. So. Oh, no, it's, it's crazy. Sex with you is just so fun. I just love it. It's just, it's so, today, I mean, 
all of it was fantastic. And your flogging, I mean, we were over 350 strokes. Really? Yeah. When you stopped and then when you pressed up against me, yeah. your skin goes through a change at a certain point. Like, first it gets hot. Yes. And then your skin starts to, from the heat, I think, get tacky. Huh. So, like, it felt like you were almost sticking to me, like... Huh. The heat was pulling your hand in, wow. and like when you'd pull it off, it was like when you take a bandaid, you go yeah. like that. It was just bizarre. Interesting. Yeah. It was fun. Wicked fun. Loved it. Loved it. Love hugging you. Oh, Love the way you, well, today you showed up like a little schoolgirl. Oh, uh, yeah. That was naughty. <laughs> <laughs> Very naughty. So I had to give you a good spanking. It's so fun, though. It is fun. We're having a lot of fun, and I'm present to that there's nothing, <laughs> there's no concerns in the experience at all. We have no concerns. You know, that's so amazing. And I know we talk about this, but I was really clear on it today. There's no other chatter going on in my head. None. Like not either things I have to do, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know, that I've put on some kind of to-do list, which means what I'm doing presently isn't taking a priority, right? right. And there isn't chatter about... How I present myself, am I doing this right, am I looking, you know, I don't have concern because I, we already have agreement on trust on you'll guide me where you want me to, depend on what you want to do, right? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. No. And when you really are there, which, I, gosh, I can't express this enough to people, I thought I was there, like I thought, yeah, I can put things aside before, yeah. and I recognized I always had a lot of noise going on in the background, always a lot of noise. Well, that's definitely been true about the role that impact play has played in our sexual encounters. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was designed to quiet the noise, mm-hmm. and there was a lot more noise. Way and, more noise. And so the, there was a direct relationship between impact play and noise. Now, there's really no noise, and the impact yeah. play takes on an, another dimension. Yeah, you, I, get to be ex- I get to experience the impact play completely like it's not like if you equate the noise to a buzzing fly around your head just continues buzzing you're batting at it right and i would say early on that's what impact play was for me is you're batting away this fly and pretty soon the fly finally goes away and then i'm like okay left with impact right but not really experiencing all of the impact from the beginning to the end because there's a huge spectrum of my experience yeah in all phases of our impact play. And for me, it's glorious. It means I must be a masochist because I love the experience of watching and feeling and experiencing that unfold as we play. You're way more present to it. Way more present. Yeah, and I'm present also Mm -hmm. in a way that I wasn't able to be present in the past Mm -hmm. around our experience together. Mm -hmm. And this has just been true my whole life Mm -hmm. i've always been with somebody and fantasized about something else oh i get it yeah yeah Yeah. whereas with you now i'm not having that experience i'm just with present i'm present in our encounter in a way that heightens the experience completely it does yeah and it's, it's a very energetic experience there's a lot of like 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 palpable energy in the room it's crazy yeah so fun. Yeah, it's really wicked fun. We recommend it. Yes, highly. <laughs> <laughs> you should try it at home. Normally you say, don't try this at home. We say, try this try at this home. Try this at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we wanted to just touch on a little 
project we have going on. Yes. So just to preface it, we interviewed Nookie Notes from Dating Kinky some time ago. Yeah, way early in our podcast. Way early. She's probably like the third or fourth interview we did. And in that interview, she said we should work together. And then we've set about trying to create a space where that could occur. Right. They've been busy and we've been busy and we put a project forward and they weren't ready for it and asked us to do something different. And so anyway, here we are and we've got a project that we're going to do with Nookie Notes, a presentation that we've created called What's in Your Kinky Toolbox. That's going to be on the Dating Kinky. It's going to be on the Dating Kinky platform. Yep. It's going to occur on December the 3rd Mm -hmm. at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Correct. And the thing about Dating Kinky, it's a very cool site. It's a it's a site where you can join for free. Yes. Which is great. It's mm-hmm. a way to meet other kinksters. There's a ton of resource. Nookie is like a well information. She just churns out data. Yeah. But more importantly, she partners with some really interesting presenters. Correct, yeah. You know, we've talked to a couple of them. We've talked to uh, Vercado, who's got yes. a project on there right now mm-hmm. about uh, privacy matters mm-hmm. and other things. And safety and on safety that. on the net and so on. And we talked to... D20. We talked to, we talked D20, to D20 early, yeah. And Domine, who also does writing with... Nookie and yeah. does a monthly or a weekly, I can't remember which, a Femdom, Femdom podcast. podcast there. Mm-hmm. And then we talked to Lady Lee, who does a foot fetish workshop. Yep. And we talked to Amarie, who does a workshop on life as a submissive. Yes. yes. Which is also a great conversation. You know, we had good conversations with all of those people. All of them. Fantastic. And the point is that what Nookie Notes has done on Dating Kinky, she's created a place different than fat life where people get to interact around kink in a really safe kink space well and the big thing is the webinars are huge because they're a way to see other participants you may know that are looking at the same things you're looking to so there's some common ground there but the key is also that dating kinky is really a platform where you can't have dick pics as your profile pic Right. It's a very safe space. Yeah. And the reason is, is because there's no consent with that. When people do that, there's no consent on you wanting to see that or not. Right. And on FetLife, it happens all the time. Dick pics are sent all over the place and they're the profile pic. And usually that, quite frankly, for most women is a big turnoff. Right. Nookie Notes has put consent as a core value. Totally. And so basically then once you share pictures... If it's explicit, it tells the person receiving it it's explicit and they can choose to open it or not or decline it. It doesn't just blare in their face just because they are sending a picture to you. And you also get to select if you want to just see that picture or if you want to see all their pictures. Correct. Yeah, so it's a very high class operation. Yeah, very high class. And and so we're very excited to be invited to participate in it. Mm -hmm. And we encourage you to consider coming to our seminar on what's in your kinky toolbox. Yeah, on December 3rd. And, we'll, and, we'll... and just, just to give you a context for it. Yes. So if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard us talk about our experience together mm-hmm. and about living authentically and so forth. And there are opportunities that come out of living authentically that are really quite profound. You know, we got a review recently from somebody who heard you talking about your false narratives that you had discovered 
and how you were able to set those aside and really experience the love of your mother newly. Right. And that's the kind of stuff we're going to be talking about. Well, and what was so powerful about that particular comments that were left, I think it was off our Authenticity podcast, was that person actually shared that they saw me go through that. Yes. And that they saw things for themselves in the listening of what I was sharing. Yes. And recognized they too could set things aside. And so yeah. it was very empowering and huge acknowledgement from it this was, It was listener. a great acknowledgement. But also it was really wonderful to have the experience of your sharing impacting somebody else in a way that altered their life forever. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's the beauty of this. And so anyway, that's the kind of stuff we're going to be teaching in the seminar Mm -hmm. on December 3rd at 7 p.m. on Dating Kinky. Yes. And it's it's going to be called What's in Your Kinky Toolbox. Yeah. So we really encourage you to, to consider coming out for that. Yeah. And we'll be sure to continue to promote and give you guys the links in the podcast write ups as well as on the podcast directories. We'll make sure that as it's coming closer to our event and we get the actual links for our actual promotion, we'll put those in all of the podcasts leading up to so people can access it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Chapter 10. Yes. Weird chapter. Yeah, we learned a lot about Gordon. Yeah, the whole chapter takes place at a dinner. A dinner party kind of thing. Dinner party, and, and they end up staying over. And the host has little kids and... Two twins. Two twins, yeah. A boy and a girl. And there's a lot of conversation about... He starts off with talking about she has a mother thing, and then there's the talk about an Oedipal complex, and then there's a conversation... Well, they talk about the sister having that. Yeah, and then there's a conversation about should Gordon marry her. All of this is all very not relevant. Yeah, but it's what these other people who don't know their dynamic are just talking about. They're talking about their own lives and it's just family talk and Yeah. They're talking about the twins, what's the psychology of the twins? Like have they done wrong by the twins by letting them share the same room up until they're five right. and all this drama and then, you know, the Oedipus complex and all these things come up because they're just discussing and she has a take on it that they hadn't considered before. And creates this sense from everybody that she has opinions. Which was not how Gordon had put her forward, because he keeps talking about her like a, as a little child and a stupid woman. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole concept is that she isn't capable of thought. Right. She's just this child vessel. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, they end up staying overnight, and they kind of have this household thing like they want them to sleep in several rooms but they want the dirt on it so they want to know if they got together in the middle of the night or you know the parents like the friends are snoopy snoopy yeah and they send the children in to wake her up kind of go through her handbag and go through her stuff and Uh, it's just weird it's It's very weird yeah and then at breakfast in the morning Gordon's sitting next to her, and he does what Gordon does, which is he grabs her painfully mm-hmm. on the wrist. In front of everybody. Yes, but he from does it their discreetly. point of view, he's just holding her. Yeah. But from her point of view, she's being hurt by him. And she's being directed. Directed, yeah. You know. To basically be quiet and not eat and act demure. Yeah. But she continues to have the conversation right. with the wife. 
and then the wife her. presses her about, are you, are you going to marry him? Yeah. Have you thought about it? And she's like, no, not at all. You know, and the woman is surprised, and you just don't know. And, and as questions continue, and they have more of a, she asks some pretty inauthentic questions. Like, she's not interested in the woman at all, but she asks questions about her jewelry or yeah. her, what she's wearing. And just to get the woman to talk. You know, Gordon then digs his hand into her and turns her wrist to give her a sharp pain like Just that was enough. Stop, right. You know. They ask Gordon how they met and Gordon refers back to the rape, the first rape. The was, rape in the in the park. I met her on the park bench. And yeah. she, she didn't have any opinions then either. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so, and you sort of, as a reader, you kind of get like, that's interesting. That interesting how he says that because he I mean, he's telling the truth, but at the same time he's being it's not all the truth. All the story, right? Yeah, I think the most interesting thing was at the end of the chapter, where you learn that Gordon had sex with his sisters. Yeah, his he, thirteen he and fourteen. Both of his sisters. Yeah, he had sex with both of his sisters. Yeah, thirteen and fourteen. So he's a totally weird dude. Really weird dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then he also, right before that, letting that out, he tells her straight up, I'm never going to marry you because I already know what we would quarrel about. So right. And she, you know, presses him. presses him and wants to know, but he never tells her. Right. And and it's very much a power play to say that to someone, even if they weren't considering it, just to say, well, just so you know, I'm never going to marry you. It's right. such a power play. So, yeah, it was weird. And then now we hear that. It, at first, she was in disbelief when he first said it. Yeah. And she's like, you're joking, aren't you? And then he's like, very seriously, no. This, I did seduce both of them. I'm sort of left a little bit deflated by this chapter. Uh, you know, I was expecting the book to get more interesting. Right. You know, in terms of their dynamic. Right. But the turn that the last two chapters have taken have really sort of left me with not a lot of They're respect. not dealing with any more depth of the dynamic right now. Not at the moment, no. But, but I'm left... Really having less interest in and respect for Gordon, he seems like a... Well he, well, he doesn't use any consent. Ever. Ever. Yeah. It, I mean, it's apparent with his sisters and with, with patients yeah. and with the way he asks questions. And so then, you know, people are always who they are all the time. And yeah. so then that means he's that way with patients and with yeah friends and family and everybody. Yeah. No, it's a, again another really short chapter dealing with a very simple incident mm-hmm. that gives you insight into Gordon's way of thinking. You know, he's super dismissive about him raping her in the first instance. And then he lets, he doesn't explain the whole story, but he matter of factly says it, knowing she knows exactly what happened in that right. park. It's like your rapist telling you. Telling the people around you. Around you, basically where you first met or where he first raped you, raped you yeah. without actually saying it. But he's very aware, you know. She knows, right, exactly. Yeah, and it's such a power move. Again, it's, there's no consent, there's no kindness. But there's... It's weird because in the last chapter, we sort of got an insight into maybe he does care about her. Right. But here we get reminded that no, he really doesn't. And he also acknowledges he doesn't want to marry her. And he refers to women, if you hear uh, repeatedly all these women he's been with, yeah. he's never spoke kindly of women. It's, no. In it's my opinion, I feel like he actually hates women, but he uses them for his needs. He's very disrespectful. He's very misogynistic. I mean, I'm trying to put context in the time frame that this book's occurring in to justify his 
way there's, of being, yeah, but, but there's, there's no, no justification. justification. Yeah. The idea is I don't care if we're in a state of war or we're in Trumpism, for that matter. Right. People are going to be kind or respectful and conscious of consent, or they're not going to be. Yeah, but I'm thinking about the, the bigger picture. In the 1940s, mm-hmm. there was definitely a male-female dynamic in society, and he just sort of takes that to the extreme. But I still think people were in love with one another and would show kindness affection, and affection. Yeah. And there might have been more heavy, I would say, heavy roles in right. a relationship taken on. And with those heavy roles, there may not have been as much understanding, mutual understanding of what your partner was taking on versus what you was just like, that's your role. That's what you do. I'm yeah. supposed to bring home the bread and butter and you're supposed to clean the house. But this is way beyond roles. This is actually right. how he views women. He talks about them being stupid. He talks about them being eye candy only. He talks about them being things to use. And he does that with her too. Like you're a stupid little child. You he you know, he makes a comment about the two twins being five in a weird kind of pedophile creepy way. Yeah. I mean I didn't stop reading when I was reading to you, but I was like Creepy. That's creepy, he said right. it, because he said it several times, like, what I could do with a five-year-old. Right. And then when they leave, he says, what you're saying doesn't matter because you're just a young five-year-old, too. And I was like, right. whoa, is he, is he transferring on her? Like, he, he, I don't know. Right now he can't get a five-year-old, so he's transferring on to her and, like, using this whole role to make her five. Mm. It just was weird because then you hear he seduced his two sisters. Right. And you're like, what is going on here? Right. Well, he's definitely got a very peculiar way of being around women that's extremely, it's it's not even dominant, it's domineering. (laughs) See, that's why it gets my hackles up. Yeah. Yeah. It's very domineering. Yeah. And then on top of that, he's also got this incest history, this history of rape. You know, it just makes you realize It's not the first person he's raped. It's not. It makes you realize he's just a bad guy. Yeah. I think that's what it is. He's just a bad guy. Yeah. She didn't pick well. (laughs) (laughs) But she's continuing to hang around. I'm curious what the next chapter is going to be because... that's, That's an interesting thing because I think a lot of women who get into sexual dynamic relationships with abusive men stay with those men. Yeah. And I don't know why it is, whether they feel that they can't get away or they shouldn't get away, or they're scared to leave. Or they're deserving, or they're deserving of the deserving abuse. Deserving of the abuse. Mm-hmm. There's like a whole psychology around that. That's a conversation to, yeah. Yeah. to have. Crazy. Yeah. But the next chapter should be interesting because, I mean, she questioned him twice at the very end. You're joking about this. And he reassured her. She was. So I'm, now I'm curious to say, what is she going to say? Because the book kind of moves forward and months and weeks ahead right. we're not going day to day no and i want to know if she continues to see him after learning that he raped his sisters yeah yeah i wonder if her rape is going to play more profoundly for her going forward now that she has an insight into that's what he does yeah i don't know we'll It'll have to read chapter 11 yeah we will. that's it for today if you're interested in kinky relationship coaching online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. 
Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!